Waiheke, can you dig it? Kia ora, I'm Chris and I'm a keen veggie gardener, but I'm just a novice. So I've decided to talk to locals who have greener thumbs than me to see what I can learn about composting, raising seeds, sowing and getting a bumper crop of fruit and veg. Brought to you by Waiheke Radio, your community radio station. This is Can You Dig It? Kia ora, welcome to the show. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Eddie Welsh from Starter Plants. Uh, we'll hear from him soon. But first, I thought I'd just share a couple of highlights from my garden this week. This year, for the first time, I've been planting, uh, well, I've been growing my zucchinis up I've been tying them to stakes. Uh, I heard about this on a gardening show and thought I'd give it a go. Uh, the idea being that as they, they climb, you, you tie the, the vine that they create to the stake and after they're fruited, you cut away the lower leaves, which apparently can help with controlling mildew. Um, it's the first time I've planted them like that. And I've had some early problems with my courgettes or zucchinis um, you know just being very small and rotting at the end which is due to a lack of pollination and I have heard of people getting out and pollinating them themselves with cotton buds I didn't get that far a lot of other people said look just give it time they'll come right and I'm pleased that they have and starting to get some decent firm and decent sized courgettes both of the yellow and green variety this week uh, another highlight this week was I'm a big chilli fiend, grow lots of chilies, including ricotto chilies. I have incredibly large and prolific red ricotto plants. I've been after some yellow ones. I uh, got given some seedlings uh, last year, um, planted those, and I'd heard two things. I'd heard that the colour was determined by the, the soil. Uh, by the pH of the soil, or I'd heard that they are actually, in fact, different uh, different varieties. Um, so I'm pleased to report that they are, in fact, different varieties. Right beside my big prolific red ricotto, I've now got some yellow fruiting ricottos. So a couple of highlights from my garden this week. Now it's time to hear from this episode's featured guest. Like many of you, when I think about my um, weekend gardening tasks, one of the first things I do is head down to the market on Ostend on Saturday morning and I go and see Eddie at Starter Plants to, um, to see what he's got in stock and to, to pick up the things I'm going to, to plant that weekend. Um, so I was down there, I think last time I was down there was last weekend and I got some more lettuces uh, to, to keep those going. Uh, picked up some uh, a chili to, to fill a gap and I might have got something else as well. I think I maybe got some beans just to get a bit of variety of beans. Um, and, you know, I've witnessed over over the months and, and weekends of, of buying off Eddie the, the number of people who turn up to ask him questions about what to plant. And so I thought he'd be a good first guest to Waiheke. Can you dig it? Good morning, Eddie. <laughs> good morning, Chris. So, um, yeah, we're recording this kind of mid-January. Um, the the weather's beautiful. It's hot, possibly possibly too hot for for gardening for many. But um, let's start off with kind of you know what the before we get into a little bit of your your background. But what is the stuff that people should be planting in the garden at the moment, Eddie? 
Well, I've been on the island five years and I've had to do a bit of adjustment from the old temperate climate in Palmerston North where we did everything in spring and then uh, frost came in about May and it was all over. Uh, the main difference I've found on Waiheke is you can start things about a month earlier than you can in most of the other places around the country. And the other thing is we go longer uh, and we don't get any frost. So um, I had a lot of people asking me last year for tomatoes and zucchinis and cucumbers in January. And I thought, that's crazy. It's all over. We're done planting. But what I didn't realize is two things is you can get a second crop in of tomatoes and cucumbers now, even if you planted very early, uh, because we go late into the season. I mean, um, most people's peppers are still going in June and tomatoes. Uh, so we can do a late crop and the other thing is what I realized is people are mentally ready to go out and plant a garden in January <laughs> because you know they got some time so I've grown a, um, a late crop of tomatoes and zucchinis and that and we did we had a fantastic market last week for all the people the first two customers bought an entire gardens full yeah I, I mean I noticed at the moment you're selling plants that are fruiting um, tomato plants that are fruiting chili plants plants that are fruiting so they'll go in the garden okay and people just have to wait a little bit and i call that my cheaters grade um you know the kids are coming to visit and you just want the garden to look good and so you stick in a pepper that uh, i put it in a pot in october and it now looks like you planted it in october and and it gives you satisfaction because that's what a garden's all about giving you satisfaction and we're going to get some food out of it the other thing i recall now what it, that i did buy off you when i was down there last week was leeks um, now that's not something that people generally think about in january okay uh, most members of the allium family the onion family take six to seven months so um, i usually grow an onion um, transplant or a leek transplant for two months before i sell it to you and then it's going to take a further four months uh, onions are and all the members of that family are affected by day length so you've often heard the story plant garlic in the shortest day and harvest in the longest day. I think you actually should move that up a month, but that's another story. Um, leeks take a full um, six to seven months. They're often seen as a winter crop, although you can find them in the supermarket year round. Somebody's growing them somewhere. So I always sow my leek seed in late spring and then transplant it in summer. And then I've got it from, uh, say, the end of May through to September. What happens is they need the long days to put on growth. They hold over winter, but they don't put a lot of growth on over winter. If you go out and plant leeks in May thinking, oh, good, I want some leeks this winter, they're not going to grow much. And leeks are a biennial plant, so then they're going to just hold over winter and not put much growth on, then immediately go to seed in about September. And you've basically got nothing so get your leaks in now i know we're coming into the dry period but that's nature um <laughs> we can't fight it yeah on the on the flip side uh, are there plants that people are asking you for you know saying hey, i want to grow this and it's just the wrong time to do it yeah a lot of plants are affected by not so much by temperature but day length and so some plants like, um, for example, kohlrabi is uh, in the cabbage cauliflower family, a great, uh, great plant for making an instant. It's kind of like um, peeling a uh, stalk of a broccoli and eating the inside of that. But uh, that only forms a bulb in the summer. 
And people say, oh, no, I don't grow brassicas over summer because uh, they're worried about uh, white butterfly caterpillars. But you can only grow that over summer. You can't grow it over winter. It'll sit in the garden. It'll be fine and goes to seed. So there's a few things we look at. Day length. We look at whether a plant is an annual, a biannual, or a perennial. Classic example of annuals, which... Um, you can grow now, but they're difficult because they keep going to seed or coriander, dill, and basil. They're geared up to flower in long days, and we are in our longest days. So all I can recommend is I sow them in pots thick. I ask people to pick them young. Don't leave them too long. Just pick them young and replant every three or four weeks. That's all you, you can do about that. You can plant uh, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, all those sort of things now but you have to do something about the white butterfly. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of those fluttering around my garden for <laughs> yeah, sure, but there's not many brassicas left now, um, but yeah, they're, they're still fluttering about. So let's kind of um, flip back. I mean, you know, as I say, I mean, you're, you're a regular down at the Saturday market. A lot of people, you've got regular customers coming down there, but how did, how did that all come about, Eddie? What, you know, how did you arrive on our shores and, uh, and, <laughs> and provisioning our, our gardens? Well, I arrived on the shores in 1976, and um, my previous job was picking apples, and I had been at this um, this uh, organic garden in Santa Cruz, California, because in the 70s I was there in Illinois, and everything was happening in California, and so I wandered west. And I was a fine art student, but I sort of accidentally tripped onto this this opportunity to be an apprentice at the um, farm project at University of California, Santa Cruz. And um, that really immersed me in this whole idea of being a vegetarian and growing things organically. And I had no experience. Came to New Zealand and got a job in a seedling nursery in 1976, Christie's in, the, in Dunedin, growing seedlings in open boxes and scooping them out and wrapping them in newspaper. And that was great fun. Then Jan and I traveled for a while and I ended up at Massey University where I... Um, did a one-year diploma and then I got a job teaching there as a tutor and that was 20 years then I bought a nursery and spent 20 years doing that in Palmerston North but always had this love of growing food when we came to Waiheke in 2019 and built ourselves a house and decided to retire here I had a couple of part-time enterprises I thought I'll keep these going when COVID came in 2020 that all just went into hibernation oh what am i going to do with myself and uh, coming from illinois i used to love looking at seed catalogs in the winter in the depths of winter so in the depths of COVID, i started looking at my seed catalogs and planting my veggie garden i thought damn i should just uh, go back to growing seedlings like i did in 1976 with the christie brothers and um one of the things that always kind of bugged me that in the nursery industry we had so much damn plastic in people's sheds that wasn't recyclable so all those beautiful big colorful plastic labels and punnets and your shed just builds up with them and you think what a waste all that is so i thought let's think about what the christies were doing i don't want to wrap them in newspaper individually so i used plastic uh, cell trays but I reuse them. I had the same trays for 10 years. But what we do is um, we gather up egg cartons and cut them into little sections. And we have what we call pick and mix. So you lift the seedling out, which is well rooted. You put it in your egg carton and off you go. And everything you take away from me 
can be composted. I then found people wanted things um, kind of at a bigger size in pots, so I started growing things in what was called a peat pot. These days they combine a bit of cardboard and fiber in with them, and that melts down after about a month, and so um, again, compostable, and I print up little uh, address labels with pictures on them, and you can see what it is, but you don't take away the plastic label. That's all fine until I get a shower of rain and they all start to melt on me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is a feature, isn't it, of of your stall there that that compostable stuff. And you know, I was doing a clean up in the in the garden the other day, and I'll do a future episode on this on you know uh, on dealing with garden waste because I had I've got three compost bins. There was one yes. one of those compost bins was full, just of old plastic pots and plastic mm-hmm. compost bags. Yep. That so much waste can be generated, and you know, after all, I mean, the reason that a lot of us are doing this is to, you know, as you say, try to be a little more environmentally conscious and uh, a bit more kind of, you know, closer to, to nature. Um, we're kind of undoing that with all that plastic, eh? I do use uh, plastic pots for my bigger grades because I found the um, the fibre pots melt down too quick and they fall apart by the time my plants are ready for sale. But uh, we have a great resource on the island, the recovery center, uh, lets people drop their pots, they put them in an area, and you either get them free or pay very little money for them. So I haven't bought a pot uh, in two years. I just go down there and landscapers drop pots and I get the pots I want and uh, give them a quick rinse out and away I go. So I'm recycling them or repurposing them. So... um Going to your stall, I suppose, is kind of like a kickstart. Um, you know, you, the, you're taking days, weeks, perhaps months out of the equation of you know that period from putting the seed in to to having something that's kind of poked its head above the soil. But you know, a lot of people are keen on uh, collecting seeds and and starting from seeds. I mean, you're probably <laughs> one of the experts on the island of this. I mean, what are the, what are your tips for for raising from seeds? What are what are the things yeah, that you know can increase your strike rate and okay, lead to success? Yeah, there's some things, um, of course, we can easily buy a good range of seed and and uh, Asian varieties, heirloom varieties, organic varieties, all from uh, either King's or Egmont seed. And you can order those today and get them up by Monday. So it's re- delivered to the island. So that's all quick and easy, and we have a great selection. You can also collect your own seed if you've got a lot of patience and a lot of garden room. But... Uh, I've always direct seeded certain crops uh, and other crops I use transplants for example lettuce if you go out and prepare your soil and sow lettuce you're going to end up probably with 50 or 60 seeds in a little row and you really wanted six (laughs) so it tends to be wasteful direct seeding some things because you're over sow when it comes to um, root crops that have a tap root I've always felt it's far better to direct seed them because if you try to transplant a carrot or a parsnip, uh, that taproot curls and does funny, weird things. Uh, So I've always direct seeded those. Beans and peas are nice big seeds, so you can easily just push in 10 seeds or whatever amount you want, and they're easy to do. I have found by running my plant stall, a lot of people want to plant three beans or four peas, and so they want me to do the germination for them, so I do that. And um, 
I have found, uh, actually, I prefer doing beetroot uh, from a transplant now because I can never get myself to thin them out properly. <laughs> and I never give them enough space. Whereas if you buy a little transplant, and you put it in, you can put it a hand apart, and you're going to get a nice, good size. Yeah, I've got, I've got an area where I, I direct sowed, um, I, I don't know what come over me, but I, I just I got some beetroot and carrot seed and mixed yeah. it through some yes. compost and yeah. just kind of threw that in direct. Yeah. And yeah, and like, oh, I really need to thin those beetroots because the carrots haven't got a chance because <laughs> yes. they've got the big beetroot yes. leaves and I need to pull some out. But yeah, I find that very hard when to do. When it does come to sowing, what you need to do is get a fine tilth on the soil. So the surface wants to be very fine because you get big clods and the seed sort of falls in between a clod and they get different amounts of light and water and some won't germinate and some will so seed requires some light to germinate but we put a light covering over them um, that's that's proven to you when you dig over your soil there's weed seed down there that's been there for years and when you bring it up to the surface to some light it'll germinate same thing with your vegetable seeds. They need some light, but they need a covering to keep them moist. So you need a constant moisture. You need some light, but also um, some covering to keep them moist. And you need to put them in intensive care for about, uh, in the case of radishes, four days, beetroot, 10 days, carrots, uh, two weeks, and parsnips, three weeks. When I say intensive care, one, you're making sure there's no cat pooing in it, so you can put some little sticks or bamboo stakes up. Uh, the other is constant moisture. If I was sowing seeds today, I'm going to spend the next week uh, watering about four times a day. You can put a little bit of shade cloth over it, and if you know how long it takes a seed to germinate, and you say, well, parsnips take three weeks, so I'm going to leave the shade cloth on for two weeks. You could even put a board over it and keep it moist and just say okay but in two weeks time i'm going to lift it up because those things are going to germinate and need light so there's little tricks but it's it's germinating seed it's in intensive care that's why we call uh, propagators of plants um, nursery people so moving from palmerston north to to waiheke and you talked about you know the difference in climate the um the fact that we don't have frosts well largely i mean some people will have the occasional you know one or two frosts a year but most of us don't um you know what are the what are the things that you've been able to kind of embrace or discover that that our climate allows us to grow here that you couldn't previously that you've kind of gone well that's great i'm into this yeah okay there's a a, a good side of that answer and a bad side because <laughs> this is also a great place to grow fungus and snails <laughs> but on the positive side um i find uh you know planting out tomatoes in september the first of september is perfectly fine and then i can start planting cucumbers so it's all much earlier this idea that most new zealand gardeners have of all oh, you plant all those summer things on labor weekend and uh we can go much earlier with a lot of things and and we can get our tomatoes well before christmas a lot of those things so it's much earlier and i found some uh peppers or will overwinter and they'll just go right through the winter and you'll get a crop not always a good crop but you'll get a crop the next year so we don't really get that winter um, as many things do however uh, one thing that we can't control is the day length 
and that's uh, a big factor in a lot of plants. Tomatoes and capsicums come from a tropical place, so they're what we call day-length neutral. They come from places where there's 12 or 13 hours of day-length all year. But all the brassicas and that sort of things that evolved in the northern hemisphere, they're affected by day lengths. So on May the 20th, we go below 10 hours of day length, and plants just shut down. They don't grow much. So we still have that fact. And even though it's warm on Waiheke, we have the day length to deal with. Um, on the negative side of things, I've found um, snails never give up because we don't get any frost to kill them. So they can ravage your garden over winter, and you just have to deal with that. I've found um, our humid humidity in the summer, particularly this December, I lost an entire crop of tomatoes to early blight. I'd always known a late blight in tomatoes, but I got an early blight. And right through the, the um, Titoki Valley there, I'm on Bay Road, uh, myself and all the neighbors tended to just lose their early planted tomatoes Whereas I go up on the hill to Fakariti or some other place, my customers say, oh, my tomatoes are doing great. And I just kind of shed a little tear and think, never give up. <laughs> and are there, are there things, just kind of finally, are there, are there things that you have in mind that you want to give a go? Like I've got it in my head that I kind of like, surely it must be hot enough to grow a pineapple, yes. you know? I, in fact, I have one in my garden. It's looking good, but there's no sign of any fruit yet. I think they take a couple of years, don't they? They take uh, two seasons, and I have seen some beautiful small plants with pineapples on them at a, uh, at a collector's place up in Monganui, and they're not uh, much warmer than us. So I think there is hope, but you need a lot of space for growing pineapples. I kind of have a... Uh, a show garden where I'm not going to get much it's it's they call it a food force you don't get much food out of it but you can say well I got a sugar cane plant and I got a coffee plant and I've got a pineapple um, but I'm not getting much food out of them yeah and um, season wise I mean you're down there on Saturday mornings unless it's absolutely bucketing down normally aren't you so but you'll have a, a shutdown over the winter yeah what we find is we sell most of our plants from early September through till um, January and then um, it gets a bit dry most years I say <laughs> and so in February March and April I come uh, say once a month just to get your autumn things in and then I just have a break over winter uh, this isn't my full-time living I'm full a full-time pensioner <laughs> <laughs> but it supplements my pension, and I can afford to just shut down the business over winter because, one, I don't really want to stand out there in the rain over winter, and, two, I'm not going to sell very many plants. Yeah, well, I, I, I for one, and I know many others certainly appreciate being able to go and get, as I say, that, that kickstart to the garden. And yeah. and uh, I, my my tip, and this is a, a, well, it's a self-imposed rule now, is if I buy something you off, off you in the morning, has to go in that afternoon <laughs> that is good because uh i've been in this game for 45 years and i've been guilty of it before you buy things in those little six-pack punnets and a week later and they're still sitting there yeah looking and very so, sad um, one of the things about my little um plugs which come out with roots exposed in their little egg cartons you gotta deal with them straight away yeah and so it's kind of a, a little reminder deal with me or I'm going to die and you have to go back and see Eddie again. 
Absolutely. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us. It's Eddie Welsh from Starter Plants, uh, Saturday mornings at Austin Market. Okay, thanks. You've been listening to Waiheke, Can You Dig It? Tips and info for the home gardener on Waiheke Island. Brought to you by Waiheke Radio. Mm-hmm.